All right, everybody. Good morning. As, uh, <clears throat> as Matt said earlier, uh, my name is Jimmy Fulp. I'm the uh, director of worship ministries here at City Church. Um, there's a reason I'm up here today. And I'll get to that in just a minute. But I uh, want to remind you guys, Easter is coming up Sunday, March 27th. So, uh, man, we've been working hard uh, getting this, getting Easter Sunday mapped out, planned out. Uh, we've got a great service plan for you. Make sure you're uh, inviting some folks to come that day. Uh, uh, really want to uh, man, just get the word out and get some people here so they can learn about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, also, uh, one other announcement is the reason that I'm up here today. want to let everybody know I received a text this morning at 6.15 a.m. That uh, that's, it was from uh, Pastor Troy, and it says this. We have an 8-pound, 11-ounce daughter... What? <clears throat> no more sleep. No more sleep for a while. Alexa Brielle is 21 and a half inches long and was born all natural at 3.55 a.m. Uh, mom and baby are doing great. Uh, so they got a beautiful daughter to add to their family. Um, and with that, we had planned uh, uh, for me to do this week. Matt's, Matt is going to do next week. Um, to give him time with his family and his new uh, uh, his new baby girl. Um, it's funny it uh, she you know it was all all naturally said. So there's no time for pain medication. Um, she, she I got a text last night that Melody's water broke. It was about it was like midnight, and at 3:55 uh, Brielle was was delivered. Um, so no time for pain meds. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't know how you want to want to look at that but uh baby and mom are doing great um man just uh just excited for them and uh just keep them keep them in your prayers and uh you know he's gonna have some some a good couple of weeks here with his with his new new baby and his and his family uh so anyway with that being said it's been a while since I've been up here, so I'm a little bit nervous. I'm way, way excited. Uh, I, I truly believe uh, uh, we've got a good, uh, a good message uh, for you this morning. And if I just, you know, if I can just get out of the way of it and uh, and let that let that message do what it's supposed to do, um, man. What I'd like to do before we get started, um, I was reading. <clears throat> doing some reading, doing some studying this week, and, and listening to some different things. And something that really jumped out at me was that uh, God's Word is alive and active, uh, alive and active. And God's Word is alive and active, and we should be, as we engage God's Word, we should be alive and active. So, man, I, and it was said that when we open our hearts, man, and we're active in the way that we listen to God's word, it can make us stronger. You know, and uh, in, in, in the uh, example that was given is, you know, and I'm the wrong guy to be uh, saying this, but when you go to the gym, go ahead, laugh, have at it. When you go to the gym, you know, you don't go to the gym and admire the equipment, right? You don't pay your gym membership and go check the equipment out or, or study. I'm going to study the equipment. I'm going to get stronger. You know, you engage, you engage with that equipment. And, uh, so, uh, we believe here that, you know, when you engage with God's word, 
it makes us stronger, but we have to engage the equipment. So if we could, man, if we could, uh, as we read the scripture, if you guys don't mind, man, if, could we just stand to our feet in honor of, uh, in honor of God's presence, if, uh, those, that, those that we can, man, if you wouldn't mind standing to your feet. And uh, so uh, we're going to be reading uh, Genesis uh, 35, <laughs> verse 16 and 20. Get a good stretch in there, man. Everybody stretch it out, right? Um, Man, we're going to be saying goodbye to, to Jacob for a little bit and his dysfunctional family. We've been talking about him and something that, that we could learn from this is that, uh, man, if God can love him, there's hope for us. If God can, can choose and use Jacob, that there's hope that God can choose and use us. So, so let's, uh, uh, I'm just going to read this uh, short it's kind of short, but I really believe that there's, there's something in here for somebody today. So we pick up at uh, verse 16. Then they moved on from Bethel while they were still some distance from Ephrath. Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great t- difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son. And as she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Oni, but his father named him Benjamin. Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar, and to this day, that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about naming rights, naming rights today. And, uh, man, I truly believe that uh, this message is for somebody and it's going to be life-changing. I believe that today, and I'll tell you why. Uh, this morning, I couldn't find my glasses, and without these things, I can't see. <laughs> and then as I finally find my glasses and I get in my car this morning, the car wouldn't start. Uh, so I'm, you know, trying to get the car to start, and it wouldn't. It finally, you know, I had to just kind of kick back for a second, let that car start. But, uh, man, I truly believe the enemy was, was after me this morning. Uh, the enemy's trying to prevent this word from getting out, but uh, we're not going to let that happen here at City Church. Father God, we thank you that you give us naming rights. We thank you that, uh, man, no matter what we go through in life, no matter what, what it is, God, that, uh, man, we can, we, can, uh, we can rename things. And, uh, gosh, man, we just, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for, uh, for your church and for your love. And we, most of all, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in Jesus name we pray. And everybody said a big, amen, amen. man, have a seat, uh, slap somebody a high five sitting next to you and tell them you have naming rights. Now the person on the other side, tell them you have naming rights, naming rights. Amen. Uh, so last night, <laughs> last night I was kind of, I was sitting on the couch. I'd had everything ready for today. And it's, you know, like I said, it's been a while since I've gotten up here and done this. And my daughter, Victoria, comes up and says, Dad, you're not going to be using me and Ashton in your sermon as illustrations, are you? I said, I am now. <laughs> you just made the message. No. So uh, anyway, no, Victoria, we're not going to... Uh, we're not going to be talking about you and Ashton today. So, Ashton's not here yet. He'll be at second service. He's probably up till about three in the morning playing uh, PlayStation. So, so last week we we met Rachel. We met Rachel last week, right? And uh, we find out she's lovely on the outside. It talks about her her figure and how beautiful she is, but she's barren on the inside. She can't have children. 
and there's some contention between her and Leah. You guys remember Leah? Uh, Leah PT lovingly referred to her as Crazy Eyes. Crazy Eyes Leah. Uh, <laughs> it didn't talk about her figure. It just uh, mentioned something about her eyes, and uh, she's a nice person, right? She's kind-hearted. She's so nice. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, it'd be funny to see when PT gets to uh, meet her in heaven, you know, and they have a conversation after calling her crazy eyes. I hope I'm around to see that. Um, Rachel, who Jacob loves the most, is unable to give Jacob what he wants the most, and that's a son. So after many failed attempts, you know, she gives birth to a son, Joseph, who's way important in Scripture. Uh, but, you know, when we look at it at this point, Leah has had six babies. Rachel's had one and prayed that God would give her another son. And we pick this up and where Jacob, he goes to Bethel, he builds an altar, he gives a sacrifice, and it appears as though God's rewarding him for this sacrifice. Uh, man, he's worked 14 years for the love of his life. I don't know if you guys remember last week, you know, he worked seven, and the dad says, here's, here's Leah, and then, and then he's got to promise seven more years. So 14 years for Rachel, he's worked. And uh, so it appears as they're being blessed with a, with a baby, with a son. And in the process of birth, Rachel starts to have great difficulty. I'll tell you something, something about life is that sometimes God will answer our prayers, but it will cost us a price that we never imagined when he does. I'll say that one more time. Sometimes God will answer our prayers, but it will cost us a price that we never imagined when he does. So when Rachel's saying, give me another son, you know, little did she know that it was going to cost her her own life. Um, you know, it's one thing, you know, to ask God to add something for you to, uh, to your life, but you never know what you may lose in the process. It's one thing to say, God, use me, you know, use me for your church, use me in your name, man. But you never know how you're going to be poured out, how you're going to be broken. You may be broken and poured out in ways that you even never thought about when you're asking God, use me. When you say, God, bless me, and that's, that's cool, that's great to ask God for a blessing. That's what we do, right? But with the blessing may come certain burdens in your life that you didn't account for. So here we are, man, we pick up the story, Jacob's caravan, man, they're celebrating, throwing high fives, man, you know, Jacob went to the altar, he gave the sacrifice, they're going to be blessed with a baby. But somewhere in the process of giving birth, there was great difficulty, and Rachel began losing blood, and back in, back in this day, man, there's no medical technology, right, and, and many women died during childbirth at this time due to this you know the lack of the medical technology they just didn't have things like that you know so when they were started losing blood they just didn't have what they needed to do and and, and many mothers would would uh would die during childbirth so she's having difficulty and rachel is is much older at this time so there's a good chance at this point that she's not going to make it and she doesn't, and she dies as her son is being born. 
So another thing I want to just kind of kind of say to you this morning that in our lives, something is always dying while something else is coming alive. Something is always dying when something else in your life is coming alive. And there's a, there's a saying, and I'm guilty of this. I, I say it constantly, all the time at work. I can't even count the amount of times that I say this phrase. And you guys probably say it too, and there's nothing wrong with saying it. It's all good. Anybody else besides me say that all the time? I know I do. I say it constantly. I don't know if I'm trying to reassure myself or everybody else or, or whatever, but, but no, it's not all good. It's, it's never all good for anyone, ever. It's never all good. You know, work could be good, things good at work, right? You know, you're getting a raise, you're getting a new promotion or whatever, but maybe things are bad at home. Maybe there's some challenges in the house, some things you're going through at home. Maybe it's great at home, your relationship's going great, you know, you everything's clicking, but at work, man, maybe they're edging you out. They're trying to bring somebody in that's maybe younger or, 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 or better or less money or whatever, but uh, it's never all good. Man, turn to the person next to you and, and tell them, I'm sorry to upset you, <laughs> but it's not all good. You, you already know. It's not all good, man. It's not all good. So, so it's not all good for Jacob at this point. It's not all good for Jacob at this point. Man, something is being born, but something is dying. And maybe you're here today, and, and you've got some, some triumph in your life, but there's also some trouble going on. Maybe there's some, some joy in your life. Some good things going on, but there's also some sadness happening at the same time. But we have to know that, man, God never said that it would be all good. God never told us that. As a matter of fact, Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things, everybody say all things. God works for the good of those who love them, who have been called according to his purpose. He works those things for the good. So, so we have to believe that if God has to work all things for the good, we have to assume that all things are not good until he gets a hold of it and he works those things for the good. So there's some things that are good. You got some stuff that's good, some stuff that's not. He takes what's living, he takes what's dying, and he grabs a hold of that and makes sure that he works those things for the good. And I'm telling you today, man, that if if uh if you've ever lost anything in life, if we've if we've lived a little bit and we've lost some things in life and you're ever hurting but you've had to smile through it, I mean, if you wait until it is all good to give God praise, if you wait till it's all good to have peace in your life, to enjoy what God has given you, I'm here to tell you today, man, it will never happen if you wait until everything's all good because it's never all good. Something is born and something is dying. And you have to think, man, if in your life, every time something that is being born and something is, is dying Man, I have to believe that, that God is, is watching over my life through all of that, and he sees every loss, he sees every gain, 
He measures the pain that I'm going through. He catches every tear, and he fulfills the order according to his purpose at the right time in my life. He knows what I need, when I need it, and how to give it to me. Amen. He knows. He knows. If we look at uh, Genesis 35, 17, it says, and as she was having great difficulty, say great difficulty again. That was good last time. Right on. Alive and active, right? And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, don't despair, for you have another son. So the midwife is trying to, trying to console her. Man, how many of you know, man, sometimes in life we need a midwife. We need someone, people in our lives that even though we're going through something crazy, we're experiencing pain in our lives, we need someone to remind us that God's still going to fulfill his promise. We need a midwife in our life. They need, we need someone that says, man, I know you can't see this right now, Jimmy. I know you can't see it right now, and I know you're going through something painful, and it's costing you a lot in your life. But God is going to give you what you need. So she reminds Rachel, don't despair, for you have another son. And Rachel, she breathes her last breath. So I just want to let you know that something in your life is breathing its last breath as something else is breathing its first. Something in your life today is going to be breathing its last breath as something else in your life is breathing its first. She cries her last tear, and her son cries his first. Genesis 35, 18 says, As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Benoni. But his father named him Benjamin. <laughs> and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Ben-Oni. And I was reading a book this week, Pastor Stephen Furtick at Elevation Church, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, he released a book this last week called Unqualified. I, I highly recommend that you go pick that up. So I was reading it this week. He talks about a phobia that he has. And uh, this this phobia that he has, he, he, he doesn't like to go up. He's scared. He's afraid to go up and ask someone who's pregnant what they're going to name their baby <laughs> because he's afraid they're going to be creative with the name and he's going to look at him and go, oh, right? And that's not the reaction that people are looking for when they're telling you, hey, we're going to have a baby and the name is whatever creative name they come up with and you're looking at him going, oh, Okay, cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's some very creative, interesting names out there. And, and uh, as a matter of fact, I want to put something up on the, on the screen here. Uh, just kind of, just kind of question, the, uh, question my, my church family here. Anybody in here want to take a stab at this, at this name on how to, Carissa, you're, uh, you're out. Because Carissa and I, back in the sound booth, we've, or we've already uh, talked about this. You're absolutely correct. LaDasha. This is a name, and LaDasha. And as, as Carissa and I were talking, it was, it was funny because not only 
there's, 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 this isn't just one, probably, because Chris and I were talking about this name, I guess, at a, uh, on some pictures or something, and, and I guess the order for the pictures, this was the name, I guess, of the person that was going to pick it up. So not only is there one Ladasha, but there's probably a, a few Ladashas out there with this creative name, right? And that's creative. That's all I'm going to say about that, right? So anyway, Rachel, with her last breath, she names her son Benoni. So if we look at the name Benoni, Ben meaning son, dash, <laughs> Oni. Ben dash Oni. Oni gets a little more complicated. Ben, ben means son. Oni is kind of ambiguous. It can mean, mean two different Two different things, and and th in this case, pretty sure we could say that Oni means sorrow. So Ben Oni, son of my sorrow. She's dying. She's giving birth. She's added a son, but she's not going to be there to to hold him, to nurse him, to soothe her son. She's not going to be there to console her son, to cheer him on, and to celebrate with him. So, son of my sorrow, Benoni. She names him according to what she is going through as she produces him. Son of my sorrow. Now, Oni can also mean strength. So, it can mean sorrow and it can mean strength. I mean, how, how interesting is that, that you can have a one word with two meanings that are so opposed to each other, that are so mutually exclusive from each other. You've got sorrow on one side and strength on the other. But now, if you, if you think about it, what if those two things are not as opposed as what they appear on the surface? What if they're not as mutually, what if sorrow and strength are not as mutually exclusive as what we think they are as when we first look at it. What if great strength is always born out of great sorrow? Maybe real strength is only born out of great sorrow. What if every trial that we go through in our life is also producing great strength in your life? Man, think about it. Many of the strongest people that I've ever met, and maybe you too, they've gone through some stuff. They've gone through some sorrow, and they get on the other side of that thing, and they've got some great strength. Man, if we stop and we look at Jesus, if we stop and look at, at Jesus that we sang about earlier, worthy, worthy is the name. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He has all power, all authority. There's nobody stronger than Jesus. There's nobody that's greater than Jesus. No one that got up from the grave, right, and folded his own linens because he, what, had a little, a few extra minutes to tidy the place up a bit. Uh, you know, here's Jesus hanging on a cross with all the power, all the authority to call down a legion of angels to come down and protect him. But instead, he utters the words, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Man, nobody but Jesus has that kind of power and has that kind of strength. But Isaiah describes him as a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. 
It was, his, it was the sorrow of his crucifixion that produced the power and strength of his resurrection. So when you see strong people, man, I can guarantee you that sometime in their life, they have been through some great sorrow and some great pain. Sorrow produces strength. I can remember back in 2013, uh, worst day, worst day of my life. Um, I had been going back and forth to the doctor. I found a little knot on the side of my neck and uh, come, to, come to find out it was throat cancer. There was a time when they said it was cancer and then they said it wasn't thyroid cancer. So I heard it wasn't cancer, but it wasn't thyroid cancer. It was still cancer, right? So I go to the doctor and they tell me, Jimmy, you have throat cancer. And man, I fell apart. I fell, I fell to pieces. I'm thinking, man, you know, this is it. This is over for me. I'm, how long do I have? And I can remember my wife, Donna, looking at me and saying, this is not a death sentence. This is not a death sentence. She's looking at the blessing. She's not looking at the sorrow. She's giving me some strength. She's looking at this opportunity as, hey, guess what? You were told that you have cancer, but you've got good doctors. And not to mention, you've got God in your corner. This is not a death sentence. Amen. So what I want to kind of dig into from that point is, you know, I know there's got to be people here that are facing a similar situation in your life. You're, you're facing a situation today that might be full of great sorrow. But you can rename your sorrow. You can rename that today. Because your sorrow today can become your strength for tomorrow. The tears of today that you're crying are going to water the seed that's going to bring forth something great in your life tomorrow. The sorrow that you're going through today is producing great strength for tomorrow. I've had a sad situation right now, but I have a great God. I have a lot of sorrow in my life, but guess what? It's producing great strength in my life. And then we go on to Genesis 35, 18. It says, as she breathed her last breath, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Oni, but his father named him Benjamin. <laughs> Jacob says, no, we're not naming him Ben-Oni. He's got to live without her. Man, he worked 14 years to get this woman, and now he's worked for her. He loved her. He was sorrowful. I mean, Jacob even said that when she died, it was great sorrow to us. But he refused to name the child that was born out of sorrow according to the sorrow that gave the child birth. He refused. He refused to name the child's destiny according to a moment in the child's history. I'll say that one more time. He refused to name the child's destiny according to to a moment in the child's history. So they, uh, they, 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 they come up to Jacob and they say, Jacob, we did all that we could do and we couldn't save her. She's gone. So Rachel's gone. Jacob has this new baby and the midwife comes over and says, Jacob, I just wanted you to know Rachel had one last request before she died. 
she wants you to name the baby Ben Dash Oni. And Jacob says, uh-uh. I don't think so. And it doesn't say how long it took. It doesn't say whether it was days later or moments later. But in the ancient past, and this is just the way that it, that it was back then, that men had naming rights, okay? Men had naming rights back then, not, not the women. So, so Rachel can recommend, she recommends the name, but Jacob has to sign off and agree to it. And what I want you to know today is that people in life may recommend certain names for you, but only your heavenly father gets to sign off on it and approve it. Only your father has naming rights. And I want to park right here for a second. I mean, maybe you've been labeled something based on something that you've done in your life. Maybe it's hopeless, worthless, pathetic. And, and maybe they didn't say it in those exact words, but they implied it in the tone that they're talking to you. Um, and just to illustrate that, I can, I can remember when I lived in a house full of guys, I moved here in a rock band back in the nineties and I was rocking the long hair and weighed about a buck 25 and, and, uh, it was a band house. Right. And I can remember laying on my egg carton looking piece of foam that was about this thick on the floor. Cause I didn't have a bed, but we were rocking and, uh, and I remember one of the guys in the band that walked by the room and he looked down at me and he said, you're pathetic. That's how I woke up that morning as he told me that I was pathetic. I can remember having long hair in high school and earrings in my ears because I was the rock guy at the school. And I can remember, you know, when I was in seventh grade, we went seventh through twelfth grade at the same building. I can remember some people bullying me in high school, calling me faggot. Because I had long hair and earrings. That that's, makes you want to go to school in the morning, doesn't it? I can remember uh, at work not too long ago, a few years back, someone looking at me and saying, hey, uh, this certain program failed, and I'd been on a cruise the week before. And when I came back, the guy looked at me and said, what did you change before you went on your cruise? I said, nothing. There's about 10 people standing around. He says, you're a liar. That makes you want to go to work. But you know what? Unless you make something, you don't get to name it. Only the maker has naming rights. So I challenge you today to peel off that label that's been stuck on you because only the maker has naming rights. You can't label me. You can't call me those names. I don't want your label. I don't need your label. I don't respond to your label. I don't respond to what you call me because you know what? Only my maker has naming rights over Jimmy Fulp. Amen? Come on. So Jacob says, I'm going to call him Benjamin. <laughs> and Jacob's got a lot of experience with new names. I mean, he's been renamed himself. He's been renamed Israel. But he has also renamed several places along the way. And now, at this most sorrowful moment in his life, he thinks to himself, if I can rename places, and if God can rename me, maybe I can rename this. And so he calls him Benjamin. And now, I'm sure you're curious as to what the meaning of Benjamin is, right? Right? And, I, you know, that would probably take this message to a whole, whole different level, right, if we could just get into what the meaning of Benjamin is and and we'll get to that. You know, ben, ben means son, but Jamin 
we'll get to that in just a second. So Jacob is looking at tragedy. He's looking at loss. He's looking at pain. He's hurt. He's in despair. And they give this baby the name Benoni. And he says, I'm going to call it Benjamin. Because Benjamin means son of Remember when Jacob went in to get the blessing that belonged to Esau? He goes to get the blessing, and the blessing belonged to Esau, and Isaac couldn't see. Isaac couldn't see, right? His, his, and, and, and so Jacob puts on the, uh, the, the hairy uh, thing or whatever, because Esau was like the hairy one. And Isaac couldn't see, so he puts his right hand on Jacob, right? And the right hand is the hand of blessing, of authority, of power. The right hand is the hand of blessing, authority, and power. And Benjamin means son of my right hand, son of my blessing. I'm not going to call you Benoni, right? I'm not going to call you son of my sorrow. I'm going to rename you Benjamin and call you son of my blessing, son of my authority, son of my right hand. And man, Jacob's been trying his whole life to get that blessing, right? To get that right hand of blessing from his father. But now in a situation, he says, wait a second, I got a right hand, right? I got a right hand. It's time for me to use it. And I'm going to choose to call this a blessing in my life. Call him Benjamin, son of my right hand. Don't call him Ben-Oni. Take the dash out of the name, and I am going to call him Benjamin. I'm going to call it triumph. I'm going to call it what I want. It's time for somebody in here to use their right hand today. You've been waiting for a blessing, (laughs) but God is waiting for you to be a blessing. Matt touched on that earlier today in the, uh, in the offering talking about, you know, being a blessing, man, if you're waiting on your circumstance to change so that you can be blessed, God says, I want you to pronounce a blessing over your circumstances and call it what you want. Stuff in life, maybe you've been calling it Ben Oni. I'm saying change that name today and call it what you want. I don't know if some of you are uh, familiar with Joey Feek, Rory and Joey. It's a country duo. Uh, sad, sad news this week, if you want to look at it in, in that way. And Joey, Joey and Rory, this country duo, great, great music. I'm not, I'm not a huge country fan, but I've. I've I've grown to to really like their stuff and 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 just to look at their life. Um, they had a baby about two years ago, two years ago, and after the birth of the baby, Joey is the wife, Rory is the husband. Joey finds out that she has cervical cancer, and as they do testing and they get ready to. To try to do some treatment, they find out it's, there's nothing they can do. It's inoperable. And she refuses to have treatment at that point. And uh, she asks, you know, I mean, they, they begin to pray that, that they would just make it through their daughter's second birthday, which was in February. And, and Joey wasn't expected to even live that long. 
but she got to see her child's second birthday. And Friday, we lost Joey. Joey uh, passed away this past Friday, and um, her husband, Rory, posted this in in a blog that I read. It says, though this is and has been a time of many tears of sorrow, it has also been a time of countless tears of joy. There have been too many beautiful moments to count or even begin to share. My wife's greatest dream came true today. She's in heaven. Call it what you want. (laughs) There's going to be sorrow and there's going to be blessing. You can rename a sorrow into a blessing just like Jacob did. And, and if we look at this, we, we look and we see where, where Jacob learned to do this. He learned it from Adam, because check this out. When Adam was made, the animals didn't even have, they didn't have names yet. So God gave Adam a job. He said, hey, I'm going to bring all the animals before you, and I'm giving you naming rights. Everybody say, naming rights. I'm giving you naming rights over everything that I've created. Now, Adam didn't create the animals, but he got to name them. Adam didn't create the animals, but he gets to name them. You don't get to choose everything that comes into your life, but you do get to choose what you call whatever comes into your life. You've got naming rights, and I'm going to tell you today, call it what you want. Some people want to say, They'll just take the easy way, right? And they'll say, man, I just call it like it is. I'm just going to call it like it is, man. That doesn't take any faith. Anybody can do that. The situation is so depressing. The situation is so discouraging, man. It might be, but if you continue to call it what it is, it'll always be what it is. Or you can call it what you want. Try one more time. You can call it what you want. Now, Rachel wasn't wrong. Son of my sorrow, that's, that's what it was. It was a sorrow moment. But Jacob said, out of Benoni comes Benjamin. Out of sorrow, I choose to see strength. I'm not going to call it what it is anymore. I'm going to call it what God says it is and what it can be in God's name. Because I've got what? Naming rights. I've got what? Amen. You've got naming rights over any situation that comes into your life. Sometimes you can change the situation and sometimes you can't. But when you can, change it, do it. But in that moment when Rachel dies and there's sorrow in your heart and you can't change the situation, change the name. Change the name. I want to challenge you this week to pick one sorrowful situation in your life. Just pick one and give it a new name this week. Call it what you want. Rename your problem with a praise. Take your problem and rename it with a praise. Jacob didn't deny the pain of his loss. He set up a pillar 
and he buried that part of his life. And it says, Genesis 35, 19 and 20, as we reach the end, I promise you I'm almost done. I didn't realize I had this much material. <laughs> Usually I'm blowing through stuff. But uh, Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar, and to, to this day, that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Now, when we look back when Jacob wrestled with God, and he said, I'm not letting go until you bless me, and God renamed him Israel, but at this, and, and this has already happened, right? But at this point, he's still referred to as Jacob. Okay, up into everything that we've read. Now, up through 20. Now, check out verse 21. Israel moved on again and pitched his tent beyond Migdal Eder. Jacob buried Rachel, but Israel moved on. Jacob set up a pillar. Go ahead, man. So you can clap. Jacob set up a pillar. Jacob set up a pillar, but Israel moved on. The new you moves on. Israel moved on. It's time for you, Israel, to move on today. Stop focusing on what you lost. Let's move on. Everybody say move on. I don't know what your situation is named today. We've been talking about naming rights and that name. But I do know that there is a name above that name, and that name's Jesus. Amen. Amen. Man, let's pray.